Hey folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Much like the last episode, this episode takes a page out of the Necronomicon Sagittorium. The fancy name for the Book of Archery. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun to create. There's nothing devious or scary about it. Look for the video coming to come to you soon on our YouTube channel. But anyway, the whole focus of this episode is the three C's of archery. Sounds kind of snappy, doesn't it? But it's really the basics of archery. Three things that if you can get them together, get them to work properly, will make you a more successful archer. Now, everyone has little acronyms that they remember for things and all that. And when I teach my students, I try to implant things in their head that they'll always go back to as basic fundamentals that they can use if stuff's not going right. So when they're having a problem with their shot process or something like that, go back to your three C's. Start thinking, is there something missing in there? Makes it a little bit easier for them to figure out. So let's get started. What do the three C's stand for? Well, they stand for the first, confidence, and then concentration, and finally, command. So again, the three C's, confidence, concentration, and command. Think of the three C's as like a spinning circle that forms a wheel. Weird-shaped wheel, but still a wheel nonetheless. If at any point one of those three C's falls out, the wheel fails. So again, if you don't have it all working together in continuity, something fails, the wheel stops rolling. So let's start with the first C, confidence. Confidence is probably one of the most important things if you want to be repeatable, if you want to be successful in your archery process. Remember, archery, for the most part, is you letting the bow become an extension of you. The bow is just a machine. It'll do the same thing within reason every single time. You need to be able to adapt yourself to that machine and done properly, it'll work exactly the same way every single time. So, the number one thing I tell people, and it's the easiest to remember about confidence, is this. Let's just say you're shooting at 60 meters, 70 meters. Heck, even 40 yards, 30 yards, 20 yards. If you're just hoping to hit the target, that's a lack of confidence. And that already is putting you at a disadvantage to completing a successful shot. Remember, it's more than just the mechanics of getting getting the bow back and firing, whether you're using traditional or compound, really doesn't make a difference. If you yourself deep inside don't have the confidence to say, I'm going to make that shot work, I'm not hoping it gets there, I know it's going to get there. I know it's going to hit the 10 ring. I know it's going to hit that vital that I'm aiming for. 
then you're starting off with proper footing, right balance. But if you're one of these people like, oh my God, I've never shot at 100 yards before. And you're worrying about, am I going to lose an arrow because I'm going to be off to the side or something like that? Then you have a lack of confidence. And whenever you see people and they have a lack of confidence when they're shooting, you start to see little things that come up. Very, very noticeable. But it's little things that add up and and become a big problem. One very noticeable thing that shows up, their shot process goes from being, say, four or five seconds of holding and then executing to ten seconds. Or the release doesn't want to go off. Why isn't the release going off? Well, like I said, it's a wheel. So if you unbalance part of that wheel, the whole thing comes to a grinding halt. And if you take your concentration out of aiming at the target, which I'll get to in the next C, and you apply it to like, why isn't this release going off? The balance and the power and everything else because you're worried about, am I going to hit the target? It upsets the entire equilibrium, if you will, of your process, and it all breaks down. So by learning how to shoot in the first place, you're starting off, generally speaking, at shorter distances, mastering that distance, going on to the next one, increasing it a little bit. Because the idea is someone who's, you know, started out with shooting 20 yards, then 30, and by the way, here in the Northeast, if you're shooting more than 20 yards, it's kind of thought to be sacrilege. Not in the Necronomicon, doesn't state that. But to most people, shooting past 20 yards is like, what, are you kidding? And there's a simple reason for that mentality. I'll get into it very briefly. But for the most part, in the Northeast, most people are shooting Indoors in a range. Well, when they shoot indoors, what are the typical ranges? 20 yards max you're going to get? So for someone who's never been in an environment where they're going to need to shoot more than 20 yards, shooting more than that seems out of the ordinary, weird. Why would I do that? Strange. Even to some hunters, unethical. But you go out west... And the average person practicing is practicing at 40, 50. You're talking about double, triple what the 20-yard range is. And it's not because it's an imbalance in the West Coast or anything like that. No, it's because you're shooting in a different setting, different environment. What's the norm over here, which is an indoor range at 20 yards, out there is kind of, yeah, we have them, but everyone's usually shooting outside. Weather's a little nicer, stuff like that. They've got more area to deal with and also it kind of correlates with like the hunters out there because they generally are not shooting in tight woods they're shooting open plains guess what longer shots better become accustomed to it build up that confidence and shoot longer distances so again you're gonna see some people just aren't used to shooting more than 20 yards well once they get good at 20, then they can shoot 30. Again, you're just extending it a little bit at a time. And you continue to go. And before you know it, somebody who starts shooting at 20 yards, maybe a week or two ago, 
is able to master 30, 40, 50, and beyond. The idea is that they don't move on to the next challenge, if you will. And boy, am I going to get into that later. But you don't move on to the next challenge until you've mastered the threshold that you are working with. And why is that? Because once you've mastered it, let's just say I start somebody shooting at 20 in two weeks, I get them progressing. And believe it or not, once you teach people how to do this properly and they get that mental confidence and they get everything going, going from 20 to 40, which is doubling it, is relatively simple within a week, sometimes a couple of days. Confidence is what is the key because once they get really, really accurate and confident shooting that distance, and it'll take longer for some people than others, their form will affect it and all that. That's why you kind of tweak things as you go along. But once they get good at, say, 40 or 50, if they've got to shoot 20 or 10, it's a joke. They're like, yeah, of course I can do that. Because they've dealt built up the confidence like, well, if I can hit it at that range, I can hit it at this range. And the more they extend their distance, the more confidence they have, and it's in anything. So you're confident that you can now hit the target at further distances, extreme distances, because you've been practicing and you know that you can do it. Sometimes, like if you have a weird shot on a 3D course, Okay, that might be a little out of the ordinary, but if you practice your uphill shots, your downhill shots, you go from being like, how do I do that, or am I going to be able to make this to, yeah, it's a chip shot, it's easy. Again, you build up the confidence, and now you've got that first C going, and you're ready to move on to the next one, because remember, you're building that wheel, and you want to get it complete so that it can roll on. So the next part, The next C is concentration. The basis of all concentration is focus on what you are doing and being able to break it down. But you need to control your focus. It's very, very, very different than just zoning out because you'll think that, like if you see any of my girls shoot sometimes, they can pretty much ignore a bomb going off around them. It wouldn't make a difference. Some of that stuff with their focus, I teach them by indoor practice when they're doing that. And I've got the TV in the corner blasting that they can see it out of their corner of their eye. The noise is very loud. Because, again, I said it time and time again. If you're the type of person who has to have a very, very mellow environment, peaceful, or listening to Beethoven or something like that, It's not going to work when you get to a real situation like in a tournament or shooting with a lot of other people. Why? For those of you who have never been to an archery tournament or been shooting at a public range, I hate to tell you, but it's not the most quiet of places. They're very noisy. And when that whistle blows... And archers are allowed to shoot their first shots of the tournament. It sounds like Armageddon as all the arrows are hitting the target butts. So if you're the type of person who has to shoot 
in complete calm. Welcome to the real world, and it's all going to fall apart really quick. You will get rattled. Additionally, if you're the type of person who's shooting by yourself all the time, your concentration may get ripped to pieces when you have to shoot 14 inches away from somebody on the line. You're not used to someone being up in your face or someone breathing in back of you because, remember, you don't have that much space in between shooting lanes at most tournaments. Again, things that affect your concentration. Okay? Now, like I said, there's a big difference between concentrating and zoning out. So, like, shutting out everything. You learn to mute that which doesn't matter to your focus. There's a reason why I say you learn to mute what doesn't matter because you still have the ability to react if you hear something that is important. When you're shooting at a tournament, if you hear that whistle blow all of a sudden while you're at full draw, you have to let down. So if you were zoned out, could you do it? No. How about this one? And this is a very common occurrence when I'm at the public range. People are shooting out there, okay, on the line, supposed to respect the clear signal being sent and not going to retrieve your arrows or something like that until all the shooting has stopped on the line. Well, They say you're concentrating on a target and all that. And all of a sudden you hear somebody else, hey, there's a dog running across the field. Or, hey, some don't walk out there. What you don't want is to automatically like, oh, my God, get scared. And like shot goes off. Heaven forbid somebody was walking across because they weren't paying attention. Their focus was somewhere else. You don't want to hurt someone. Or even worse, If you get startled by the sudden noise of someone yelling or blowing a whistle and your arrow goes flying into the sky where it could potentially do some really bad damage because it went off as like a sky draw. So again, it's controlling the focus and being to eliminate what you need while being pensive of anything that may come up, which requires you to alter your program and focus. So, we're talking about focusing and not zoning out, but being able to pay attention to what you're actually doing. Now, if you're the type of person who does zone out, then you're not going to notice when things are going on, you can't stop your shot, and you don't have command. Also, if you have to go through a checklist in your form, okay, like a lot of beginners do, that's okay as long as it's not too rigid. Because what happens is if you're going through that checklist, check my stance, check my shoulders, are they level, hand is relaxed and all that. As you're first learning, that's okay because you're building what they call your automatic programs, But if you're always like that, what will happen is you'll be worrying about one of those things like where's my hand position and all that. And your focus 
and your concentration will not be put to part of your shooting solution, if you will, that allows you to hit the middle of the target every single time exactly the same way. And what will happen is you could be rigid with that whole thing going through the checklist, but like I said, eventually you'll pay too much attention to one thing or you'll get tired and you'll break down. Whatever system you're using, just make sure that you're relaxed and easily repeatable because guess what? If your concentration is not interrupted by having to worry about some other thing, then the wheel keeps moving, okay? Maximum effort from a mental standpoint is good. No one ever said it wasn't because what I'm saying is, well, you have to make sure that it's relaxed and all that, and then some people naturally say, well, I can't be relaxed because if I'm going to put everything into it, I have to give maximum effort for it. Mentally, yes, but from focus and concentration, you can't do that because... Well, the human mind can only concentrate on one or two things at a time. hate to say it like that, but it's a limitation that all human beings have. I gave an example. You're aiming at the target, right? So you've got the pin, and you're focusing your pin onto the target. And I hope this doesn't screw anybody up, because if it does, well, I'm sorry, but this is a point of fact. You can't concentrate on the target, and on the pin at the same time. Human eye can only focus on one at a time. That's where your brain, which is concentrating, learns what channel to concentrate on and does it for you. Okay? So, just make sure that your process for concentrating is reliable. It's not being easily distracted. And once you go into that program for concentration where you let everything happen and go together, you're not letting it fall apart. You're not easily distracted. Okay? Because if you're concentrating on the target and all of a sudden your focus, your concentration goes from doing my number one job, concentrating on keeping it in the middle, letting the float work, because you know how that works. And if part of my focus, think of it as as a gallon of water, and you have to pour out part of your focus because all of a sudden my release won't go off, Mm, you know, then I kind of, lose the overall containment of everything. And because I'm focusing on, say, why isn't my release working, I put less effort and concentration and focus into getting the arrow to the target, which winds up with what? Less accuracy. And in our last podcast, we talked about how to get the secrets of really honing your accuracy, making it as one big solution for everything. Well, again, you don't want to have that 
come apart. Again, the concentration thing is a thing that people like Joel Turner talk about and all that. And you have to, in the last podcast, I mentioned how it's like kind of having a computer network. A network is comprised of many different systems all working together cohesively. They're aware of each other and they're working in tandem. But the main system is focusing on the job. So they are the sum of all their parts. Now, that's pretty easy to draw up on a drawing board and all that. But, like I said, if you take away from one process or the other, take away from aiming to executing, stuff like that, or to going through that checklist, because remember, when you're going through the checklist as you're actually trying to shoot, which is a bad idea, if you want to do the checklist before, and as Joel Turner says, that's the point. You've done your checklist, and now you're like, okay, I'm ready to do a shot. Here we go. That's fine. But you can't go backwards from it. Because if you start, okay, here we go. Wait a minute. Is my hip in the right position? That sort of thing. Again, you're draining that gallon of concentration. And then what happens is not the entire Focus is where it belongs, and you wind up with a shot that's a little off, sometimes a shot that's a lot off, okay? But it also has to do with our third C, which is command. To those of you who come from the traditional camp of Every shot needs to be a surprise shot. Yeah. No. This is why a lot of people get kind of angry at me when I say it. I've been saying it for years. Joel Turner has made a very big thing about this. Having command of your shots. And I'm not talking about jamming on the trigger when you see it in the middle of the target because we both know that doesn't work. And I'll explain why that doesn't work in a second. But anyway, here's the deal. If you don't have command, okay, when something starts to go wrong, you can't stop it. Now, Here's how it all works. I've gone through my pre-checklist, call it pre-flight, draw on the target. Here we go. Now, if all of a sudden something is not in that balance, and again, now I've taken away from my focus and concentration because something is not working right, my release won't get to go off. The wrong way to look at it is to say, well, I have commands. I can just make it go off. No, you can't. Again, like I said, you can't make it go off because now you're taking away from part of your focus. You're emptying out that gallon of concentration that you have. However, the command part comes in, and it's a lot simpler than that. Because while I'm executing, 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 so I'm saying, here I go, and everything's fine. 
If something comes up, remember what I said before about knowing what's around you and your surroundings and like being able not to be zoned out. You hear something. You have to have the command to let down. Say, stop, command received, let me let down. Now, I've said this a lot of times, and you'll see it if you ever go to a range. There are people that once they draw back, they ain't ever letting down. Either because they don't have the strength, they don't have the confidence to let down, a lot of different factors, or once it's back, it's going, Jack. That rhymes, i got to remember that one. Anyway, if you're one of these, once it, once it comes back, just rip it, send it, because there's no way you can let down, you have a lack of command. Which means, for people like that, when something's not right, the pin is shaking on the target too much. I've only got a set amount of time for my shot process when I'm actually able to get that shot off accurately. Going back to basics, you'll know that you have to have a repetitive shooting process that includes a set amount of time after you get to full draw in which your shot is either going to go off or you're going to let down. Why? At the beginning of the shot, you come in, get to anchor, you're stable, right? Well, the longer you hold, the more the body wants to let go. So you'll notice that if your normal shot process has you executing at like the five-second mark or the four-second mark, but now you're holding it like seven and eight seconds, well, it starts to get a shakier sight picture. All kinds of weird things will happen. You'll start to notice the scope is shaking a whole lot more. You start to feel wind that you didn't feel before. It's always been there. You're just taking more notice of it because everything's starting to come unglued. And if you're just going to say, well, let her rip, you're not going to be accurate because, again, emptying out that gallon of focus because you have a lack of command not to let down and reset is going to hurt your accuracy. So let's look at another example. If you're a hunter, okay, and I know target archers don't want to hear about hunting situations, whatever, but just bear with me for a second. It'll become quite clear. If you're a hunter and you draw back on Bugzilla, the biggest thing in the woods walks through there. He happens to walk behind a tree. That gives you a chance to draw and get set up. Well, Bugzilla, which you thought he was walking re- kind of regular pace. What, he stopped to read a newspaper behind that tree? He hasn't come out. Or he comes out, he comes out slower than you anticipated. You only see his neck or something like that. You've got to be able to do one of two things. Either you've got to be able to hold with the patience of Job, which most people can't do, because it's one thing that you're already excited to see that target come out. But now your body's like, I want to shoot him. I want to shoot. I want to get the shot off. Well, guess what? Now you're a full draw. He ain't coming out. Are you going to stay there for 45 seconds? Probably not. 
I will tell you from experience, in the nearly 40 years that I've been hunting, actually, it's over 40 now. I'm getting old. Anyway, in those 40 years, every time I've run into a situation like this, you think you can hold forever? You can't. I think the longest I've ever held was 25 seconds, 30 seconds. Some people may be thinking, well, you're weak. Like, no. You start to fall apart, and I would rather let the shot down because I have the command for it and maybe run the risk that I make a sound or something like that then wound an animal. But getting back to what I'm talking about, if you don't have command, you don't even have that ability. Same thing if you're shooting world archery, FIDA as we used to call it, whatever, and you're out there, you're shooting 50 meters. 50 meters, 55 yards, you get the idea. And you're right on the target. Everything's going. You're saying, here we go. And all of a sudden, that gust of wind from nowhere shows up. And sometimes they're a second or two, and other times they're extended duration. And now all of a sudden, my focus is like, Whoa, this wind is getting crazy. My bow is getting blown from left to right. If you're the, hey, Red, just rip it type of guy, chances are you're going to rip it and you're going to miss it. Rip it, miss it. Another cool one. Got to remember that. Anyway, you're going to rip it and you're going to miss it. Why? Because you didn't have the command to let down Give it a second or two to stop and reset to make that adjustment. So would you rather shoot a zero because the wind takes your arrow so far off? Would you rather have the command, develop that command, to stop the process at any point where it is necessary? The key to everything is always command and control. Focus, command, confidence. The three C's all. Confidence, concentration, and command all equate to being part of one big program, one big system. And if you can't get them all together, then it's going to result in a big problem for you when it comes to accuracy. Now, just touching a little bit more on this command thing, like I was saying, the surprise shot, that's what people teach, right? The reason why they want you to do the surprise shot, it's real simple, and it ain't what you think. The reason that is is because you haven't worked on the other parts of your form, your focus, your concentration, your confidence, and your command. So what you're doing is you're just trying to execute and you're letting it go off as a surprise because then you can actually trick all those other motor programs that are running in you to make sure one doesn't jump on top of the other and grab your attention and so on and so forth. However, again, the problem with that is if you don't have the command that goes with it, 
it doesn't work. The surprise shot, gust of wind, boom, goes off. I shot a two instead of shooting a nine. Why? I didn't have the command to stop it. Think about that for a second. Is a surprise shot really all that great because you're hoping that all the systems don't notice each other and they all work in tandem, but you actually never know when it's going to go off. That's the whole purpose behind back tension releases, which are the bane of my existence. I don't teach kids with those. Everyone's got a button. Doesn't mean I don't know how to teach someone to use a back tension release, okay? Because even that can be shot with command. It might give you a cleaner release, that sort of thing. So there's nothing wrong with a back tension release per se. So if you invested in something like a $250 back tension, listening to this should not make you freak out and say, oh my God, I can't shoot a back tension anymore. No. But you need to learn how to use it with proper command so that it fits into your three C's. So again, that whole surprise idea sounds good on paper. May actually look like, oh, it's a surprise shot. It went in the middle. You just tricked all your systems into doing something at the same time. But one thing that you'll always find in common about that surprise shot when anyone ever talks about that mystical thing, which is the struggle that every archer is trying to achieve, it can be few and far between to try to get that to work every single time. So which would you rather do? Would you rather have something that works some of the time, if you're lucky, Or have something that you can develop your system with command that allows you to use your concentration and keep it where it belongs. And when the two work together, you build your confidence. Now you've got the three working together. Like I said, that wheel that's rolling. The secret sauce has been discovered. And it all works to your advantage, to make you a more accurate archer. And anyone who can possess all these three and really get their system working to the point where it's flawless, and it takes a little bit of time, but you do. there are many different techniques you can use to sharpen each one of these. They will be successful Not the majority of the time. All of the time. So again, just remember your three C's. Confidence, concentration, command. Make them work together. Be some videos out soon. Yes, I'm actually doing a lot of videos now. Let me just tell you something. Videos are not easy to do. Learning how to edit these things, make them look actually halfway decent, and still convey everything that you're trying to teach. A lot harder than it looks. But they're coming. Anyway, work on your three C's. If you've got questions about how to do one thing or the other, how to make them work together, send them to me. Happy to answer them. So that'll do it for the three C's of archery. Ripped from the pages of the Necronomicon Sagittarium. But now we're going to get to our listener questions. And I only have one. Um, actually, I have two. For this week, our first listener question comes from Andrew J. from Dillon, South Carolina. Gee, I remember when I was a kid driving down to Florida, I used to pastor Dillon. They had a big place over there called South of the Border. I wonder if it's still there. Anyway, 
Hi there, I've been following your podcast for almost a year now. That's good. My kids and I picked up a lot of tips that have helped them when they shoot local competitions. Great. Recently, my daughter Kayla started shooting in Joad competitions at her school. For those of you who don't know what Joad is, is Junior Olympic Archery Development, part of USA Archery. When she's at home practicing in the yard, she aces everything. But when she's with the kids shooting at their range session, she's just falling apart. I had another one that sounded really similar to this a while ago. It's probably the same thing. The instructor said maybe she had stage fright. Dude, she's not performing on a stage. But I get it how you can call it that. And can't shoot with other people around. Okay. I thought we would reach out to you as you had mentioned this sort of thing before. Thanks in advance for any tips you can give us. Okay. So I did help them out with this. There were some email and a phone call. Um, this is what most cases is one of two things. It's either someone who's not used to shooting with all the noise and distractions when they're among other people. Remember what I said before, that when you're shooting on a line or at a tournament, all of a sudden there's a lot more noise instead of being far apart from anybody else. Now you're up close and personal. All that can lead to your performance suffering if you're not used to it, being become accustomed to it. Being kind of accustomed to it makes you more confident about dealing with the situation all the time. This sort of thing can lead to what we, in archery vernacular, affectionately refer to as the backyard champion. We all know people like this. Maybe we are people like this. But let's just say in their own environment, at home, on the quiet range, these people are unbeatable. But take them out of their environment and that backyard champion when exposed to all the other inputs that are now around them, noise, people, proximity, distractions. They don't perform anywhere near the same. Guys who at the indoor range when it's practice are shooting 300s every time. When it's game time, can't shoot more than a 270, 260, sometimes worse. Sometimes they differ by 10 points, might only shoot up to a 290. But whatever the case is, they're nowhere near being the same as when they are shooting under relaxed circumstances. So remember what I said about having to maintain everything you're doing so keeping the three C's rolling. So basically what I told him to do with with Kayla was, okay, start her shooting with the distraction thing. And that seemed to be her hang-up, that when she's shooting at home, it's quiet. She was actually shooting in the garage, stuff like that, no distractions. So I said, hey, take the radio, turn it on, or better yet, if you want, take a small TV, stick it in there, add an angle where... She can see it out of her peripheral vision. Turn it up loud. Let her practice like that for about two, three weeks. Well, she went from a 40-point differential in her performance to maybe now when she was shooting, it was only two or three points difference.
because she learned to still control everything that's going on while avoiding the distractions. And I did tell him that when she's first doing this, stay with her. Walk around, you know, around the back so that she can learn not to be distracted. And I told her, I said, one thing that I want him to do is to teach her the control part of it. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, how about this? You walk around behind her in her peripheral vision. But tell her, listen, if you hear me say stop, no matter what you're doing, you have to be able to let down and stop. Or if all of a sudden he blows a whistle, control it, not let it rip. And he found out that within the first week of doing that, she had an issue not laying down, not being able to. Over a couple of days, that kind of went away. Because now she was being conscious of it and gaining that control. And that worked out for her. So like I said, things like this, the backyard champion syndrome, or the quiet, peaceful, I must concentrate, I'm not making fun of people who do that. I'm just saying. That won't work. You can take them out of that mode, change their programming slightly by introducing them to new input and get them control, which allows them to work in tandem with concentration. Command, concentration, two of the three C's, which builds their confidence. Because from what he tells me, after she was able to shoot really well at home, with all that noise, when she got to school or she shot with the other kids, no more problems. So at least that one had a good ending. Now, our next listener email comes from Becky from Tucson, Arizona. She writes, hi, coach. Love the podcast. Why, thank you. I've been shooting for four years and I've had a couple of coaching sessions. Good, so you're getting some coaching. My big problem has always been shooting past 30 yards. It's like once I hit 31, I can barely group on the target. Oh, I've heard this one before. I have them sail to the left of the target or to the right, and I've lost more than a few arrows in the process. This has been going on for a while now. The last coach I paid to help me with this couldn't figure out anything as my groups are really tight at 30. But like I said, once I cross 31, they fall apart. I went to the shop and they checked my bow out. Nothing was wrong. So I guess it's just me. At least that's what the coach was telling me, that it's all in my head. Any advice on what you think I'm doing wrong? Oh, by the way, it's good to see the face behind the voice in your YouTube channel. I hope you keep putting up more videos there. The release video is great. Well, thank you for appreciating the the video I did on release control and all that. And sorry for scaring you with the face behind the voice. But to Becky's problem. So we have a user who has what they call the wall. They get to a distance that for some reason stuff starts to fall apart. And in her case drastically once she surpasses that distance. So, what's doing this to her? Well, 
confidence and command both come into play here. If you really think about it, there's no difference in shooting 10 yards or 100. The only difference is when you have an error in your form or your execution, it's magnified. Now, we're just talking about going from 30 to 31 here, and apparently she's having a big problem keeping the act together. Mentally, she may have had the problem the first time she extended past 30 and didn't give her enough, give herself enough time to work on it, or she may have gone pat gone to 30 and that stood enough time on there to gain the confidence that I can ace this because then as you go to 35 and 40, you work on it, you become master of that distance and everything is fine. So it could be one of those two things, okay? But you have to put that aside and and just examine the confidence thing, which is the biggest part of it. At this point, she has no confidence that she's going to hit at 31 yards or further. Okay? So what I say is you're already good enough to hit 20 and 30. Okay? 31, 32, 41, 42, 50, 72, 82. They're just numbers. You have to look at it that way. It's like it's just a number. I hone my focus. I hone my control. And that creates a higher level of confidence because once you deepen your focus and deepen your control, okay, and I'm not talking about punching the trigger when you just happen to seize on target. Like you have control. You can stop when you want to. You have complete command. Okay, once you get those, you get the confidence and you can succeed at the further distances. So in her case, what I said was, okay, let's do this. I want you to pull it back to 25 yards and I want you to hit a target that's half the size of what you normally shoot at. So what she found out was that shooting at 25 yards, five yards shorter than her max distance, Her group was a little off, which kind of told me she really wasn't ready to move on to the further distance yet. So what we did, I had her focus on control to the point where now at 25 yards, all her arrows were touching. Okay, move back to 30. Once she went to 25 to 30, she noticed, wait a minute, now my, my group's a little wide. She worked on that for about a week. I said, okay. Today's the day. We move to 35. She goes, what do you mean? I can't shoot 31. I said, move it to 35. And remember your focus. Remember your concentration. And maintain your command. You are in charge. You are running that machine. And she did. Do you know what happened? No, she did not have to go out and buy another dozen arrows. Because she lost them all. She actually hit in the gold almost every single time. So while they weren't touching, she was shooting in a group of about three inches at 35 yards. So I said, okay, now just working. I need you to work on your focus, keeping your eye on the target, and not letting other things distract you. 
because remember, if you can do it at 10, you can do it at 20, you can do it at 30, you can do it at 100. And I'm happy to report that about a week after that, she sends me another email and says, she's at 40 now. And using the same process to master it, all three C's working together, everything's touching, she moves on to the next challenge. And like I told her, if you do that, you'll never have a problem extending your distance to anything. Because at that point, the only thing that's going to make it harder because you have a solid foundation and you're using the three C's. The only thing that make a difference is environment. And I don't mean the noise or anything like that. Bad gusts of wind down there that you can't see. That's external forces. You control you and your three C processes. And you'll be able to accomplish anything that you want. And it worked out really well for her. So that'll do it for our listener questions. And it's time for your favorite segment. The time when I get to let out and rip one. Don't be that guy. So this week's Don't Be That Guy isn't going to be too crazy. I may have mentioned something like this before. But... I was listening to another podcast that's by Jason Sankowiak. It's the traditional, um, a traditional outdoors po- podcast that he has. Okay, and he's a really great guy. And the other day he brought up how so many people these days just want things to come easy. Okay, and it got me thinking: How many times have I actually seen this happen on the range? So simply put, don't be that guy or girl. That wants to get everything the easy way. Just given to them. Handed on them. Especially in archery. It's not how it works. There's such a thing as instant gratification. You can't do that. It doesn't work. There is no way you can succeed if you're just not willing to put in the work for it. Just like you heard in the case with Becky. She had to work towards it to solve a problem. But so many times I hear like, well, I just want the easy fix for this. I want to be able to just put this on and I'll give you a clear example of what this sort of craziness is, not willing to work at it. When they came out with that Bomar nose button, which helps people become more accurate. A lot of people bought that thing thinking I'm going to take the easy way out because now this is going to add 30 points to me because I'm going to have another point. Well, guess what? Like everything else, you got to work for it. Because what does that mean if you're not willing to work for it? You're being lazy. And tell me, have you ever seen anyone that's lazy succeed at anything? Do they get better by not putting in the work? Why? Because they want it to be free and easy. Well, life is not free and easy. You want to quest for that instant gratification. Don't be that guy or girl who does that. It'll never work. Again, some people say, well, this is the greatest thing since cheese. Let me try this because this is going to do what I want. And I can have a shortcut to doing what I want to do and getting to where I want to get and not put in the effort. And I get wound up about this because I'm like, why? 
This is the problem with how things are in our society today. Everybody wants the easy way out. If you put in the effort, you put in the hard work, guess what? It'll always work for you. You'll be better off. It'll be more solid, a better foundation for things. There is no quick fix to things. There really isn't. There's a quick way to discover what's wrong and then work at fixing it. But there's no snapping your fingers and I'm going from a 230 shooter to a 300. Yet people will promise you that, oh, if you do this, you can... No. So all I'm going to say is this. Don't be that guy who's looking for the easy way out, who wants something so desperately for that instant gratification that they'll try to take the cheapy way out without putting in the work. Because in the end, it just comes back to bite you in the keister. For those of you who don't know what that word means, because I'm showing my age, it means the rump, the behind, the rear. And this rant is over. So, that'll do it for this episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Be sure to check our YouTube channel because you're going to see more videos pop up on there describing some of the very things I'm talking about today. Also, there'll be a glimpse of the Necronomicon Sagittarium. It is real. It is a leather-bound book. It's not bound in skin like the Necronomicon from the Evil Dead, but it is a leather-bound book, handwritten. And there'll be some interesting plays on that whatever but again if you have a question about anything we've discussed today check us out at youtube.com slash high power archery visit our website highpowerarchery.com or send us an email to highpowerarchery at gmail.com and we'll get back to you and we'll help you along so like i always say it's not goodbye it's until we meet again till then Stay safe and shoot straight, and we'll see you next time.